get the full flavour of what this is, you need to know a little bit about something called Canon Pictures. Yes. Which everybody listening to this is probably too young to know about, but... This isn't a Canon picture, though. This this is Gollum and Globus prior okay. to Canon, isn't it? As far as I know, there's no difference between... So there's two guys. Canon Pictures was a company that made loads of low-budget exploitation movies, was famous for its kind of tackiness, and it was basically two guys, two Israeli entrepreneurs called... Menahem Golan and Yoram Globus. Thank you, thank you for that. Because I only knew his last name. So Golan, Golan and Globus. Yes. Uh, and they were kind of a byword for uh, cheap but uh, and tacky but um, energetic and prolific filmmaking. Yes. And so when I heard that they'd done a musical, that was the first hilarious thing. The second thing that it was a biblical musical. And your description of it was just so out there that I couldn't wait to see it. And so we've finally seen it. And it's worth mentioning that it, on the internet, it's largely known as by an alternative title of Star Rock. I have never heard that title used for this. That must Ooh. be an American title. Well, IMDB seems to think that that's the main title and that the Apple is. Anyway, who cares? So is it a biblical... I remember that this is the... Unholy love child of Jesus Christ, superstar, and Rocky Horror. Would you go along with that? Um, yeah, I think it lacks the quality of Rocky Horror. It, the, oh yeah. I mean, and the big Jesus problem Christ here is superstar. that these are good songs, mostly. Oh. Well, no, no, no. I, I, I've got to jump in there because <laughs> yeah. this is an incredible, in many ways, incredibly tacky movie. But I liked the music immediately. Yeah, I thought the um, songs were good. It's tacky, um, but it's incredibly likable, and the the money's on screen, for, which is a, makes a change for canon. Yeah, look, it's a really weird, silly movie, but it's it's good in surprising ways. The first big surprise was that the, the songs, which I thought would be the worst part, of, were actually really quite good. And the reason I think that they're really quite good is that, okay, so one reason the movie is quite terrible is that it, it is actually directed by Golan, and it, he's written the screenplay too. So it's kind of a it's a one man's fiasco. But he didn't originate the screenplay. It was written by Kobe Wrecked and Iris Wrecked, spelled R-E-C-H-T. And they're the people who wrote the songs. However, the songs were rewritten and they were helped with the music by a guy called George S. Clinton. Now, not to be confused with the George Clinton of Funkadelic in Parliament, who's a wonderful musician, but this other George Clinton is pretty darn good too. And he did loads, like... I looked at his list of... Because I'm a soundtrack nut, so I knew yeah. that name. And he's done a hundred soundtracks. <laughs> uh, and including things, notably things like um, Mortal Kombat. That was that was one of his uh, like big successes. And Red Shoes Diaries, which is uh, a TV series. Anyway, he's, he's a good soundtrack composer, a highly prolific soundtrack composer. This is his first credit. His first credit was, I think, doing a rescue job on the songs for this, reading between the lines. Anyway, he was certainly involved in helping with this. And I attribute a lot of the quality of the music and a lot of the quality to the movie to George S. Clinton. Right. I mean, I also think you've got to allow something to the costume design and, and just general uh, design of the film. The it design is new. terrible. I, I think it's not. It's consistent. It's cheap. It's, it's a, consistently they cheap. They create a very good future world. Bear in mind, this is 1980. They do, they do not create a very good future world, folks. They do. They create a future world in which people basically wander around in silver jumpsuits with big shoulders. I mean, yeah. it is that bad. But everyone does. Um, 
I, it's, I, I adore those sequences where you've just got large crowds of people, yes. like the Bim song, where they're, yeah. they're all you know, rocking out, like you've got the surgeons going and everything else. There's some really nice touches in There's the a lot of fun stuff in this, but like their idea of the future is like the crassest, silliest, crappest, futuristic. The people are literally walking around in silver suits. I'm not exaggerating. But the whole point is that Bim, oh, Bim, depending, because it's pronounced two different ways, I think possibly because it's a German co-production, they are bad taste. They sell bad taste. The whole okay. future is owned let, by let, them. Let They're a bad taste company. This is a future in which this multinational co- multinational corporation basically has a stranglehold on everything. Yeah. It's called BIM, B-I-M, which stands for Boogaloo, not Boogaloo, Boogaloo, Boogaloo <laughs> International Music. Yeah. So, anyway, that's, so when you hear us say BIM, that's, you know, <laughs> you think we're, what are we talking about? That's what we're talking about. So it's nuts. Basically, there's this guy called Boogaloo, and he's the devil. That That's basically... And uh, he... I thought... When I first saw him, I thought, is that Roger Delgado? Because, <laughs> yes. You, Matt's laughing because we... There's a television show I used to work on called Doctor Who, and he's a big fan of that. And Roger Delgado was an actor who played the master. And the thing is, the, this character then goes on to sing a, a song... That I know how to be a master. <laughs> but I was pretty sure it wasn't Roger Delgado. It was a very distinguished actor called Vladek Shebal, whom I have heard of. He's a famous character actor with a kind of really satanic look. So he's a good choice for the devil. He does the comedy very well as well. I think there's a lot of really good... Like, I, when I saw this movie, this very tacky movie, with all these extras dressed in this ludicrous... Look, folks, they're dressed in this silver jumpsuit future. And... The year is 1994. The movie was made in 1980. What did they think was going to happen in 14 years? Isn't that the wonderful part, though? If it had been made in 1914 and they thought 1994 would look like that, that would make some sense. But it made in... Anyway, so it's a moron's idea what the future looks like. And and it's very tacky and very cheap. And these people start singing these stupid songs. And I just thought, we're in for a kind of... uh, No, no, don't, don't give me a minute. I thought we're in for an Ed would type experience but the acting actors are all really good the songs are really good i also don't think it looks cheap uh, if you think this looks cheap uh, i do i do it sounds cheap i think the Badly sound lit. quality is terrible um i think the money's on the screen and this was an expensive film well, that was the so other that money. was the other hilarious thing because the whole point about canon pictures was that they would do low budget movies which were bound to turn a profit this was an absolute folly where they put spent loads of money on a movie that was doomed but it was, it was always going to be doomed, doomed. they yeah. knew that when they went into it and um, they did not know that going into no, it no no they I, did i no. could have told them that but they right. didn't know that otherwise they wouldn't have done it these this guys were all big, about sorry it was a big problem because they had quite a disagreement on this well i think these guys were all about the money so there's no way they would have done a really expensive picture knowing it was going to flop Oh, they, they did this a lot. I mean, the Canon, Gollum and Globus really just were self-destructive all the time. Do you mean that they were kind of ambitious? To a point, but this was always a vanity project and it spiralled oh. out of control and it created a bit of tension between them. I'm not surprised. So, yeah, and it just kept getting more and more expensive vanity and bigger project. and bigger. Yeah, because it's so kitsch and silly. Yeah. But, but I mean, it should be better known because it's so kitsch and silly. It really should. I don't. I think yeah, the songs on this were as good as any other musical, and therefore the songs it should are at least really be known good. When we talk about the song, not the perhaps not the songs in the sense of the the lyrics and the and the uh, intent and material of the songs, but the the arrangements and the orchestrations are excellent. It's really good music, and this is where I think I'm attributing a lot of this, rightly or wrongly, to George S. Clinton. 
But the music, I just thought this is good music. So I was again, very much against my uh, expectations, <laughs> almost against my will. I was impressed, and the the actors, like you got the 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 evil woman who's sort of like the secondary bad guy, and uh, she was called Pandy, played by Grace Kennedy. She's really good. She is. She's an excellent actress, and like they got these, they are playing these stupid characters in this stupid movie, but they're really really good actors oh, they take it seriously uh, she also has the most difficult song to take seriously in the whole thing as well the I'm coming song <laughs> which is uh, I, I was hoping that, that this movie would be um, more lurid and lascivious and prurient than it is I thought there'd be some full on nudity but there is and I was a bit disappointed that sequence is pretty full on for what is a PG film there is it's not subtle I don't think there's even a navel to be seen in that that sequence not a buttock, not a nipple, not a thing. But anyway, that's just. Would you show it to a five-year-old? I don't. Could I'd be hard pressed to find a five-year-old dumb enough to sit through this movie. But <laughs> I have no trouble finding someone. <laughs> okay, so I was usually my question with these movies is how on earth could you did you discover this weird movie? But I knew when I got to the end of the movie when the credits appeared, I knew immediately why how you'd come across this movie because it turns out the female lead who's very good is Catherine Mary Stewart. Well, actually, she wasn't what led me to this. I, well, I, well, in that case, I, I can't... Because just it's to fill, pure coincidence just to she's fill in so people many of my in, films. Catherine Mary Stewart was in Night of the Comet, which we've yeah. done a podcast about, and she was in some other movies, which Matt kind of likes. Weekend so I, at Bernie's Last Starfighter, yeah, 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 Mischief. Yeah, you mentioned that, so I just assumed that she was your entry point for this. If, if not, then how the hell did you come across this movie? Well, canon. Uh, and Globus. I, I love canon films. Straight to video stuff from the 80s, I, there's not much I haven't seen. And the further back you go, the more interesting it gets because the earlier stuff, the films are actually better than the late. I mean, obviously, the late. So well, I, I don't do you know, know what better, but, but I, I think distinctively bizarre would certainly be a word you could apply to, a phrase you could apply to canon movies. I'm almost certain that the last canon film was Three Kinds of Heat. In eighty seven, I may be like wrong about the movie. Well, it stars Sylvester McCoy. Oh, great! Well, we got uh, he it. plays we got... the villain. Uh, just for anybody who doesn't know, he was doc, <laughs> the Doctor in the yeah. Doctor Who series when I was working on it. It's awful. It, it's one of the worst films you'll ever see, but he's fascinating. Is it? It, does he smash up a bar in that? Yeah, kind of. Well, I mean, well, there, there is a shootout. He plays a. That play... might be the one he told me about. Uh, Once yeah. upon a time, it's honestly I, we, we won't. We, it's not going to be on our but, list. But anyway, <laughs> so you were actively. Looking, well, yeah, actively films. seeking out canon films oh, and I like weird. musicals and yeah you do, do the weird thing is all the good musicals are usually around the 40s and the 50s there's not a lot in terms of modern musicals that I'm keen on and this this is, movie is insane like the, the concept of it is insane the uh, the execution of it is insane but the the songs are good because they're, they're musically good I mean the, the material in the songs is often completely fucking nutty but for instance it is kind of a biblical story because what happens is uh, Bugalo, Vladek Shabel, clearly is the devil. And he tries to offer this contract to these two innocent, clean-cut young singers, this boy-girl singing couple, uh, who hilarious, and this is one of the points in the movie which I did like, are from Moose Jaw in Canada. Now, I'm Canadian, <laughs> and we do know that Moose Jaw is a silly name. We're not unaware of that. Also, we have... Medicine Hat would be another good choice for silly place name, but I thought that was kind of amusing. So that these they're kind of hicks from the sticks, and they come to the big city for a kind of Eurovision song contest. Sort the of World thing. Vision Song Contest. Yeah, so it's yeah. clearly supposed to be Eurovision, <laughs> uh, and then they are. In fact, 
only the girl, Catherine Mary Stewart, as Bibi is seduced. Uh, Alfie, played by George Gilmore, refuses to sign the contract. But it's a classic satanic thing. They're literally offered an apple to bite into. And this is dance sequence in hell. I've written, I love the dance sequence in hell. It's extraordinary. What's the song for that one? It's called uh, Magic Apple, Mystery Apple. Well, it's the one where the one, the, there's this vampire girl who sings something like, I'm a vampire. <laughs> it's fabulous. It's insane, but it is fabulous. There's something for everyone here. <laughs> so um, it's really kitsch and silly, but it's got a good cast, good music. Um, it's completely nuts. I, I don't know... What else? What else can I? I'm looking through my notes. I think this film, more than anything else, there's a, a phrase that gets knocked around quite a lot, which is "nobody sets out to make a bad film." It's a it's a phrase that you often invoke. Yeah, and I think in this case, possibly they did. <laughs> well, I don't want to be. I've got a list of things to mention. I don't want to be bitchy because I really like Catherine Mary Stewart. She was terrific in Night of the Karma, and when I discovered that it was her in this, because it doesn't didn't look like her immediately to me. Really. Well, you have to remember, I'm not a Catherine Mary Stewart fan in the way that you are. I'm trying to think. Nice to so comment was like 85. Didn't immediately recognise. She had a very different look in this. Five years she doesn't that. sing her own songs. I'm not being bitchy, but I'm just putting that down there. She, there's, there's sung by somebody who's You can find footage singer. of her singing them on YouTube at a convention. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I'm, she's a real good sport because I saw the extras for Night of the Comet. She was really nice. Um, and I mentioned the George S. Clinton thing, which is really important. But there's a couple... I want to. I do have a couple of digs to make at this. At the end of the movie, it's got the greatest, most pitiful Deus Ex Machina I've ever seen. <laughs> out of nowhere, because all the way through, the devil's winning, 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 winning in the form of Mister Boogalow, is winning, 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 winning. Then at the very end, this guy called Mister Tops turns up from the sky. He's he's literally driving a Rolls Royce in the sky. It may not be a Rolls Royce, but it is in the sky. He turns up. I don't know. He's obviously supposed to be God to Mr. Boogalow's Devil. And he is played by Joss Ackland. Yeah. As, there's another character in here who is also played by Joss Ackland. Anyway, Mr. Tops turns up out of nowhere, like literally in the last two or three minutes, and uh, saves everything and leads everybody off. Like, this is no way to structure a story, folks. Not only that, a whole year has passed by. Well, yeah, we say a whole year has passed by because uh, Bibi and Alfie have got married and they've got a child. Yeah. And this child is the biggest three-month-old child you've ever seen in your yeah. life. It's like three years old, isn't he? I mean, I've, I've got... Who the who the hell is Mr. Tops? And it just ends, is what I've got yeah. written down. It's a, not a satisfactory ending. It's Well, it's not, but then, you know, if it is based on the Bible, that's not a satisfactory ending either. Well, I don't know how close... It's the not. only thing I could discern that's biblical about it is Adam, Adam and Eve being Alfie and Bibi. And the apple being offered to them by the devil. That's about all I could get from that. Well, also, everyone wanders off into the heavens at the end. Yeah. Um, Mr. Tops leads them away in his Cadillac, okay, Rolls Royce, whatever it is, in the sky. It's one of the most terrible special effects in a movie that's full of bad special effects. I quite like the effect of well, walking up into heaven. Oh, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the, the, the dance sequences are kitsch, but they are colourful, and you got really good talent in the shape of people like Grace Kennedy and Catherine Mary Stewart Alan Love who's one of the bad guys is terrific Vladek Shabel these are oh, Ray Shell, I believe yeah she's Shake these are all terrific people who are really going for it uh, I mean it's a the movie's a lost cause but they're really going for it and it's kind of worth watching it makes me wonder if it might be worth one day trying to stage it as a stage musical <laughs> 
I, you know, I don't think anybody should you, touch it. This is like buried radioactive waste. You don't want to, Nobody wants to revive anything from this movie. Right now, the West End needs all it can get. Yeah, no, but some of these... these uh, you were talking about the possibility of doing uh, one of the films we talked about previously on stage, yeah. getting... It was based on a play of reviving the play that was called Cash on Demand. I think that might be an interesting idea. The idea of doing anything with this is a bad... Andrew, I Bad think you're missing idea. a trick. If we put the, mute, the songs from that into Cash on Demand... Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> yeah, because the songs in this are really good and Cash on Demand's fabulous. We just lack but, songs. <laughs> but we haven't touched upon an, another thing briefly. So what happens is um, Phoebe, the girl, is seduced and goes into the corrupt world of the devil. Yes. Whereas Alfie piously refuses to, to sign and he ends up living in kind of a ghetto, in a slum, and his landlord turns out to be the magnificent Miriam Margulies. And, but there's some really like tasteless stuff that goes on. For instance, uh, Alfie grabs her breasts and, like, and she just roars with laughter. <laughs> that's a very strange bit. And I don't doubt that that's Margulies egging him off well, to do it. But the other thing is, she comes into his room, which is a mess. She says, this room looks like a pogrom has hit it. <laughs> now, one has to remind oneself that this was made by a, a couple like a couple of Israeli uh, yeah. um, moguls. Well, mini moguls. So, you know, these are Jewish people responsible for these jokes. But it did seem a bit... You know, the pogrom gang seems a little bit tasteless, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, taste has never been far from them. Ta- you're right. What am I even invoking the word taste for in They, they this made discussion? all their money from uh, musical sex comedies in Israel. That's how they started out. Oh, yeah, Lemon Popsicle. Yeah. The fact that I've even heard of that is extraordinary. Yeah. So that, that's where they started out. These were out. like the porkies. These were like yeah. kosher porkies. <laughs> kosher porkies. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's what they're... Yeah, but that, that gives an idea of where they came from. Yes. I had forgotten that, but that is, yeah. There was something else in this I was wondering if you noticed, which I covet yes. enormously, is the dressing gown. There's a guy who's got an yes, amazing story. Yes, amazing story's dressing gown. That's Sheik. <laughs> that is Rachel acting his heart out of Sheik. He's very good. And when he turns around, this silk kind of dressing gown, it's got an amazing story's cover, really which nice. we should cross-reference with our podcast for Zone Troopers because the character in that is sort of reading a knockoff of an amazing story's pulp magazine. It would be lovely if the next film we do in this threesome tied in with that but i know there's no way on earth i'll do my damnedest i'll do my damnedest yeah but so this is a really weird movie because i think you, you should kind of watch it to laugh at it but at the same time those musical sequences are kind of kind of fun kind of great all of the songs are on uh youtube yeah as standalone songs and it's oh well, well in that case you on. should get the, the i don't know what the song in hell is called but you should check that out it's, it's well, amazing it's it's magic apple Okay, Magic and Apple. also I'd recommend Show Business to anyone, which I think is a fantastically staged. Yeah. Uh, that's the one in that big hotel lobby. Um, yeah, where they come down the escalators. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm just in awe of oh, that Oh, but sequence. that was kind of hilarious. I yeah. remember that one. I, I thought it was really quite good fun. Yeah. I, that, I mean, that's the main thing with this film, is that as seriously as it seems to think it is, it's actually a lot of fun and very silly. Yeah, and well, I was expecting a total car crash. The, the surprising thing is that there's flashes of real talent and interest amidst this car crash. I don't want to give the impression that it's not a car crash. It is a car crash. It's, it's a, a train really, wreck. really good car crash. Well, I wouldn't even say that, but it's, it's <laughs> a train wreck with flashes of very compelling flashes in there. Yeah. I, yeah. It's definitely a film people should see. Yeah, I mean, if you're into Rocky Horror or something like that, I do think... I, I think, think the most... The, the most uh, 
inspiration they took would have been from Phantom of the Paradise on this one. Oh, that's... Have you seen Phantom of the Paradise? I have, and it's another yeah. another movie that we must include. Well, which I adore that film. I grew up also... in Winnipeg, and that movie ran in Winnipeg for about 10 years. Oh, I'd <laughs> so... I've never seen it at the cinema screen. I'd love to see it. Yeah, it was like a huge cult hit in, in mm. Winnipeg. It still is. Uh, um, it probably is still <laughs> running. So Phantom of the Paradise is an interesting comparis- comparison piece. What I've jotted down is, as I said, Jesus Christ Superstar, Rocky Horror, and also Hair. I think these were the movies that were knocking around in their brains. I don't think Phantom of the Paradise would have been because they would have been thinking of big, grandiose musicals, I think. I don't think so because you've got, the the plot-wise, you've got the girl who sells her soul, as it were, to be a star and then finds out that stardom isn't what she wanted it to be and becomes a disillusion with it very quickly is the same plot as The Apple. Well, Phantom of the Paradise is a very deliberate reworking of... Of Faust, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And so is this. Okay. It's very Faustian. It's a deal with the devil. Mm, Yeah, but mm, Phantom of the Paradise... If anybody's wavering about which to watch first, watch Phantom Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, do De Palma first. Don't worry about the others later. Absolutely. But then you get Jessica Harper, so it's best of both worlds. Well, that's I'm, you're making me really. And Paul Williams is wonderful in that film. He is. What is he called Swan? Anyway, yeah, Swan. let's not start talking about another movie. But this movie, I'm really glad you introduced me to this movie. It was a, it was a trip. This has been a podcast by my friend Matt West and myself, Andrew Cartmel. But very importantly, the music, the fabulous music you heard at the beginning and that you're listening to now, is by Joe Kramer. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you very much. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. That's all for now. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. What? Yes, no, good, bad shit. What? Well, it's not exactly what we're looking for at the moment. What exactly are you looking for? You're a talented young man. Look around, see what's on the market. I'm sure you'll come back with the right stuff. Good luck.